This is Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sicker on FM 94.1 The Voice. Are you ready for the word? This past year we've lost many friends into what we want in friends. We've gained insight into what we want in relationships. You've also gained insight into who you really are. You sometimes will never know what you got until you go through the crushing. You never know how strong you can be until your back is against the wall and you cried all your tears and then you get up and you say, enemy, you only see me cry, but now you're going to see me swing. <laughs> you know what? This year has been a year where we've been really put down, pressed down, shaken, crushed. But in the process of it, we've seen those that were seemingly so strong run with the tail between their legs. And we've seen the weak stand up with faith like never before. You've seen that? Yeah. It's been crazy. It's, it's been encouraging me. At the same time, it's been shaking everything that I've known about the world and about people and about the church and even about God. I'm like, wow, God, you are so much more than what I thought you, that, thought you were. But what do you do when you go through hard times and you begin to see the ones that you once thought will stand with you leave what do you do when you are going through this hard time and you thought that the person who would trust you who will be a shoulder for you to fall back on uh, for you to be able to go cry and vent is the one now that's beating you with religiosity and all of a sudden you're like you know what I cannot have fellowship with this person anymore and a lifelong friendship is severed because of the crushing and the hard times what do you do when you're unable to get through the week and you're looking for someone to understand and there's no one. There's no one who can understand you. What do you do when you're all alone and you thought the church could help? You thought the pastor could help? You thought your small group, your life group could help? You thought your old youth pastor could help? And times of crushing come and the people that you once thought you could trust are no longer trustworthy. It's not because they are mean or bad. It's just because they cannot understand. And that's my title for this morning, when understanding is lost. What do you do when understanding is lost? We're going through a series called When God Cannot Be Found. I mean, it seems like God is not near. There are certain attributes of God that seems to go missing. And we as human beings, we begin to choke and you can't breathe. When it seems like God cannot be found, hope is lost. When it seems like God cannot be found, purpose is lost. When it seems like God cannot be found, understanding is lost. And you might be sitting over here feeling like understanding is lost. And there's no one who can understand me and I'm all alone. And Satan is, man, he's coming in. And he wants you to feel all alone. And he wants to take advantage of your mind. Or maybe you're on the other side where you're the friend that people were trusting in an understanding friend. I want to appeal to those of you. If you're here, I want you to make some noise. I want to appeal to those of you who want to see a revival in this nation. And if we really want to see that, we have to be people who are willing to be understanding. I want to talk to those of you, I want to appeal to those of you who have been hurt by the church because you felt misunderstood. Don't make any noise, you're still hurt. I understand, it's hard to make that noise of praise, of joy, of being like, finally I'm in a church where we're going to talk about this. But I want to appeal to you, and I want to tell you that people will let you down, but my Jesus will never let you down. And before you leave this doors this morning, and before you get up from that seat, you're going to have a, a beautiful invitation to fall deeply in love with the one who understands you. Oh my God, I'm excited for this man. Because finally there's someone who has been touched with the feelings of my infirmities, and he understands me. And the third person I want to appeal to are those, you're a Christian. You're a believer, you're patient, you're kind, but you're too scared to be understanding. 
You're too scared to step out of the box. You're too scared when God shakes up the church and you are tempted to. I'm talking to you this morning and I know that. You're tempted and you want to go to a church where it's stand up, sing two songs, sit down. We all read from the same Bible, sing from the same hymnal, and it seems easier to live within the lines. Do you know that God loves it when you color outside the lines? You have a unique calling from God. And I want to appeal to you this morning that there's a God who's calling you, who understands you, and he wants to break you out of your mold. Are you excited? Yes. Are you excited to have an encounter with a God who understands you? Let me introduce you to a man named Eliphaz. Eliphaz was a man who knew a lot about God but did not know everything about God. He knew a lot but did not know everything. In fact, what he knew was more detrimental than what he did not know. He knew a lot of truth but he did not know about the love and the kindness and the mercy and the grace of God. Eliphaz was a man who was a friend of Job. Eliphaz came with two of his friends. Let's pick it up in Job chapter 2 verse 11. Now in Job's three friends heard of all this evil that had come upon him. They came each from his own place. Eliphaz the Temanite, Bildad the Shuhite, and Zophar the Namathite. Well, I'll introduce you to um, Bildad and, and, and Zophar um, in the coming weeks, but this week we're going to be looking at Eliphaz. But I want you to pay attention to this. It says, They made an appointment together to come to show Job two things, sympathy and comfort. Can someone say sympathy? sympathy. And someone say comfort. I don't want you to forget this. They came with an intention of showing sympathy and comfort. Is there anything wrong with that? Not at all. Oftentimes we go into painful situations with an understanding, with an intention of showing sympathy and comfort. I'm talking to someone this morning. I'm talking to a parent. I'm talking to an uncle, an aunt. I'm talking to a sibling. You got, you're in a situation where you wanted to show sympathy and comfort and now you find yourself unfriended. And now you find yourself with the person that you went to show sympathy and comfort with not wanting to talk to you anymore. You're wondering what's happening. What do you do when you're looking for understanding but it can't be found? Something that I've seen in American Christianity is not that people do not have the knowledge of the Bible. It's because they lack sympathy and comfort to those who think differently. Eliphaz has sound, wise counsel. In fact, I'll, I'll, give, you, I'll give you a, a nickname for each of these guys okay, or some way for you to be able to remember them. Eliphaz is very eloquent. Okay, Eliphaz is extremely eloquent. He's got a very deep, rich understanding of God, his attributes, but the little that he misses completely distorts who God is. Don't forget that Eliphaz, he's made a journey to come meet with Job. See, oftentimes we think that first build relationship and then beat them with the truth. That's how you evangelize. Well, Eliphaz had relationship. He was a friend of Job. He heard about Job's disaster and he traveled and he came and he sits silently for seven days, silently, not saying a word for seven days. And he didn't eat. That's a good friend, I would say. Man, he came and he sat with me for seven days. But he still not earned the right to be unkind. Number one, write this down. Do not let your religion be found without kindness. Do not let your religion to be found without kindness. You might have a great religion. You might have a great upbringing. You might have great theology and doctrine. But make sure that in all of the wisdom that you've collected, that there's also kindness in it. 
you know, Eliphaz, there are many people like Eliphaz, and I think this week has been hard for me because I find myself in the shoes of Eliphaz. I studied the original language. I do a lot of reading. I do a lot of brainstorming. I do a lot of word study. And I can memorize the word. I can have a command over the word. And lost in the search of studying the word is the voice. The voice. The voice. If you memorize and know and study, hey, listen, man, anybody can study the word. Do you know that? Anybody can go buy a commentary and study. Anybody can read, study the language and dive deep into it. Anybody can listen to a lecture and get knowledge about the word. Even Satan knows scripture. But Satan is not kind. You might have a great depth and grasp on scripture, but in your religion, let not kindness be lost. Job chapter 4 verse 1. Then Eliphaz the Temanite answered and said, If one ventures a word with you, would you be impatient? Yet who can keep from speaking? Let me give you a little recap. Job has just finished cursing the day he was born. He just sat there and he said, Man, curse me the day I was born. May the day I was conceived be the worst of forgotten in darkness. Four times he used the word darkness. Let it be gone. Let it be forgotten. Let it not be counted in the calendar. And may God not look on that day. May not search for that day. Let it be gone. And he's venting out. Seven days they've sat in silence. And Eliphaz feels like he's squirming now. He's like, I got to set this guy straight. Because my religion's got, I got to beat him with my religion. You know, and he's like, can, can, I, can I talk for a second? And who can, who can keep silent after hearing everything that you said? Verse 3, look at this. Behold, you have instructed many. Job, you've been a person that people have come to hear and listen. They've had um, a problem and you've instructed many. And you have strengthened the weak hands. You, your words have upheld him who was stumbling. And you made firm the feeble knees. That's a great resume from, uh, from Eliphaz for Job. Hey Job, you've been a man of instruction. You've been a man who's built strength up in people. You've upheld those who were stumbling. And the feeble knees, you've strengthened. What he starts off as very sweet, eloquent speech changes very quickly in verse 5. But now it has come to you and you are impatient. That is, you're emotionally tired. It touches you and you're dismayed. That's you're terrified and you're angry. What he's saying is, Job, you've done so much. You've spoken so much. And now it's your turn to practice what you preached. Yeah. Job, uh, in other words, you're being a hypocrite, man. And look at this, guys. In verse 6, is not your fear of God, your confidence? Don't forget in chapter 1 and chapter 2, the Lord himself gives us this about Job, that he was a man who feared God. You remember that? Job in the land of Uz was a man who feared God. Is it not the fear of God, your confidence, and the integrity? Again, chapter 1 and chapter 2, a man of integrity. The integrity of your ways, your hope. And now he's saying, Job, you lost your confidence, you lost your hope. Because you think you fear God, but you don't. You think you're a man of integrity, but you're not. Now you tell me this. When God says one thing about you, and another eloquent person says the opposite about you, who's the one who's lying? Your friend or God? Please help me out. Is my microphone working? Okay, I need you to talk, okay? Because I'm going off the script this morning. I need your help. Your friend is a liar. Thank you. They can't be eloquent. And this guy is going to tell you a lot about God. Church, watch out. Watch out. There are many people who will say wise and smart things and they will go through the Bible and quote verses for you. But if their religion lacks kindness, basic kindness, it's not a reflection of the true and the living God. This guy is going to say some sick things, man. I mean, not like sick as in cool sick. 
This is like disgusting sick. Verse 7. He's going to bring his statement of faith. He's brought a statement of faith with him. <laughs> with hopes of what? Showing compassion and sympathy. Here's a statement of faith. Job chapter 4 verse 7. Remember, who that was innocent ever perished? Or where were the upright cut off? Eliphaz, really? He's saying, listen man, if you really were a righteous man, you wouldn't be in this predicament. If you really said that you're a man who feared God, this wouldn't have, you wouldn't be cut off from the blessing of God. This wouldn't be how you'd be living. You really are not upright. You really are not truthful when it comes to fearing God. Don't forget where Job is. Please track with me. Picture this. Job has just buried all his children. Ten of them. Job has just lost everything. All the things he worked hard for, gone. No 401k, no pension, no, 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 no life savings that he can fall back on, all gone. And not just that, he's sitting in ashes now, covered with sores from his head to the bottom of his feet, in pain. It says, when Job replies, it says that his whole body is filled with sores and there are worms. And you go to a man and you tell him, because of your religion, you're in this because you are not right with God. Guys, that's not the gospel. That is sick. We'll unpack that a little bit more. What Eliphaz is saying, however, it does have some theological truth to it. And this is the problem, that those who do evil, yes, they do not prosper. It says in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 8, it says, those who plant injustice will harvest disaster, and the reign of terror will come to an end. And Eliphaz is applying verses like these to Job's life. He's saying, hey, listen, man, you planted injustice and look at your harvest. It's disaster. You have been reigning with terror and now it's come to an end. Psalm 37 verse 25, the psalmist says, I've been young and now I'm old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread. So this is God's word that Eliphaz is saying. Why shouldn't Job just take it as God's word and says, well, that's a word from God. I will take it and I will humble myself and I will sit here on my ash heap and, and, and just believe everything you say. Why should you reject these words that come even though it's from scripture and people are saying these scripture verses to you? Why should you reject it? It's because of this. Because Eliphaz has no idea what God is doing. That's all the time we have for today, but we would like to hear from you. Our address is P.O. Box 2014 Eagle, Idaho 83616. You can also listen to this message and more on the Living Church Boise app, available in your app store.